So anyway, welcome everybody. Uh, I'm going to continue reading in the Bible where Eddie left off. So we're going to be in John uh, chapter 1, verses 6 uh, and following. And uh, it's an incredible opening uh, section of the Bible about the story of Christmas and the story of Jesus. In fact, uh, so much so that I want to repeat the verse that Eddie read last, which was verse 5. And it's all about light, okay? The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it, which is often the way it is, isn't it? We don't necessarily understand what God is doing in the midst of the difficulty and the complexities that are in our lives, right? In fact, that's probably three-fourths of the problem, right? <laughs> we, we don't get it. Um, anyway, then verse 6, then there came a man who was sent from God, and his name was John. And now this could be a little confusing. John that's being talked about here is not John the guy who wrote this Bible, this book in the Bible, the Gospel of John. It's John who's also known as John the Baptist. And he's known as John the Baptist not because of the kind of church he goes to, but, but because he's a person who baptizes a bunch of people in the time of Jesus. Uh, in fact, he baptized Jesus himself in the beginning of his ministry. This John that's being referred to baptized Jesus. And in fact, in my life, I've actually had the privilege, as some of you have, of being baptized in the Jordan River, in the same river where Jesus was baptizing, was where Jesus was baptizing and where John was baptizing. It's very, very cool. Anyway, so that's who this John is. And then the writer, John, says, this John, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, and the light is Jesus, so that through him all people might believe. And that's where you and I come in, that we might believe, and not just believe the stuff of Christmas, but believe in the one of whom Christmas is all about. He himself, John, was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every person was coming into the world. That's Christmas, basically. He was in the world, and through the, uh, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him, which is a super sad part. That the world didn't recognize him. And maybe, again, you're struggling with that. We'll have an opportunity to pray about that in a little bit. But maybe you're here and you're wrestling with that. That really that relationship with him, that relationship with the light. Anyway, verse 11 says, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name. And then here's one of the great verses of the Bible. He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And then one of the most famous verses in the Bible. The Word, meaning Jesus, who's the light. The Word became what? Flesh. That's right. Some of you are familiar. He became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full, full of grace and truth. 
full of grace and truth. And that's what John's gospel is about. This theme of light goes all the way through the Bible. And it's particularly important in terms of our life because we can have hope because light breaks into the darkness, no matter how dark our darkness might be, no matter what you're struggling with. It's all about the power of the light that has come into the world. It's kind of like this little candle. It's not so bright unless there's no light around it. And all kinds of things in our lives try to extinguish the flame. It could be that you're going through a tough time because somebody in your family is sick and somebody's in the hospital. And so it tends to cause you to doubt and wonder, where is God when it hurts? And so the pressure comes against it to blow it out. But then the candle comes back to life. Somebody bullies you at school and treats you meanly. It's all an attempt to get the light to blow out. But then it comes back. Because nothing can really extinguish the light of Jesus in your life. As long as you don't let it. And even when you sometimes do, <laughs> the power of Jesus is stronger. Oh, so how do you... Oh. How do you ever get it to go out for crying out loud? I don't know. <gasps> well, here, I have this cup of water. I'll just, yeah, I'll throw it in there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how powerful the light is in our lives. Nothing can come against that power unless you let it. So don't let it. Keep the reason for what you're going through, the right reason, the will of God, the way of God, the presence of God, that what you're going through is going to make you into a great man or a woman of God. That is the point of Christmas. And then this, God takes the initiative and comes to meet us exactly where we are, exactly where you are. And some of you don't believe that. Some of you don't think you are in such a place that you don't think Jesus has any interest in you. He doesn't want to be involved in your life. He doesn't even like you. That's what you think. But the opposite is the case. That's why John is writing this in John chapter 1. That's why he writes it. The word, meaning Jesus, that's a synonym, a word for Jesus. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And, and we've seen this glory. It goes on. But, but a lot of you, you, you kind of self-reject at this point. You think your life is too crazy that Jesus cannot invade your life. And he can't take you backward, but he can take you forward. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He's a long ago in heaven writer, but a tremendous writer about pain. One of my favorite books on pain is, uh, is his great treatise in that regard, The Problem of Pain. But he writes this, you can't go back and change the beginning but you can start where you are and change the ending. So where are you? Right? Where are you? I love the way the message translation translates uh, verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> That's what he does. He moves into our neighborhood. But you think, oh, man, my neighborhood's so jacked up, there's no way. He can. <laughs> he wants to. He wants to do it actually through you. 
you may think, oh, my family's such a mess. There's no possible way. No, particularly there. Particularly in those times. He wants to become flesh and blood and move into your family, into your home, into your neighborhood, into the place where you work, into the place where you go to school, in the, in the mess that is your life. That is the power of Christmas. Christmas, we celebrate it on a day, but it's not just a day. It's a, it's a year. It's a way of life. Christmas is a way of life. It's, it's a way that Jesus wants us to live every day in our lives, but it's, it's kind of up to us to allow him in. We are invited to become the children. One of the most powerful words Jesus ever uses. And he often uses it in a context just like this, adults. He often uses it in a context just like this, where there are children, if you study the Gospels, there are children oftentimes in his midst and adults, and he says to the adults very purposefully, he says, you become like children. No matter how old you are or young. In my life, I've had the privilege of allowing, uh, uh, you know, sharing my faith and my God story, we call it, and seeing a lot of people begin their relationship uh, with the Lord. And one of them was really, he was really, really old. His, I called him Uncle Johnny because he was my uncle. He was my mother's brother. And my mother had long before uh, passed away from lung cancer. And, and I was not really close to Uncle Johnny because he lived in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Is anybody here from Wisconsin? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> yeah, my family comes from Kenosha. Anyway, I hadn't been there in many years, but... I felt like God wanted me to fly there and talk to Uncle Johnny about his faith because a few of my cousins had a relationship with Jesus and Johnny didn't, and so they wanted me to come and talk with him. And so I flew to Chicago. It was snowing. I'll never forget. I hate driving in the snow. <laughs> How many of you hate driving in the snow? Like, I hate driving in the snow. It's freaky. <laughs> anyway, I had to drive from Chicago up to Kenosha. It was at night, and the snow was coming down. I couldn't see really well. And the first night I got there, I just talked to Uncle Johnny about life and kind of caught up on everything. And he had to be probably 88 or 90 at this point. And so anyway, the next day I came over early before the family, the cousins were coming over, and I just wanted to talk to Johnny about his faith. And I began to talk with him about his relationship with the Lord and about uh, his fear of being old and dying and all of that kind of stuff. And and so I began to just talk with him about Jesus and about Christmas, really, and about the power of Christmas and what, what, what grace is all about, like what having a relationship with God is actually all about, how God doesn't look at us and say, oh, you're bad or you're good or whatever. He looks at us with the eyes of compassion, and he invites us in that we might become children. But we have to say yes to him. He won't force his way on us. He invites us to have a relationship with him. And I talked to Johnny about how it's not about you being good. It's about letting him into your life so that he can change you from the inside out. And he said, well, Mike, I've only got so many you know, months maybe to live. He was very ill at this time. And I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long you have to live. Some of you may be five or 50 or 80. What matters is now and your future. 
That's what Christmas is about. It's about, and then I, I asked John if he wanted to pray about this relationship and ask forgiveness for his whole life. He'd lived like 88 years, stubborn. Part of it was his, he was a veteran of uh, World War II and had some very difficult experiences in the war. And part of it was even the mixture of emotions he had about that. And I talked with him about that. And uh, he let that all go. We prayed. He asked forgiveness. He began his relationship with Jesus. His, his life changed. Did it become perfect? No. <laughs> no, it didn't become perfect. He was still 88 and infirmed and whatever. But, oh, the tears of joy. So let's do this. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and I'm going to just give us an opportunity to pray right now like Uncle Johnny, and, you know, ask for forgiveness, begin our relationship with Jesus, and kids, you can start it now. You don't have to wait till you're old. You're not, like I had to wait. I waited till I was an adult. You don't have to wait. And adults, I don't care how old you are or how broken you are. It's not that it doesn't matter to God. It's just that that's not a barrier for Him. It's only a barrier for us, we think, but it really isn't. It just begins with a simple prayer and then following Him every day of your life. That's it. And He knows you won't do it perfectly, but He wants to help you do it, okay? He wants to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. So just pray with me. Let's pray out loud, okay? So pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I ask your forgiveness for living my life the way I want to. And so I surrender my life to you. I want to walk where you want me to walk. I want, you to, me to, I want to go where you want me to go. I want to become your dream. Not my dream. It will become my dream. But I want to live your dream that you have for me. You've always had this dream. No matter what's been going on in my life, you've always had this dream for me. And so now, Lord, may it come true. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Give him a hand for what he's doing in our lives.